This is the Hartwell Studio Works Sports Branding Podcast, Episode 15, Building an Athletics Brand, with Allison Kern. Welcome to the Hartwell Studio Works Sports Branding Podcast. I'm John Hartwell. I am the brains and pencil behind Hartwell Studio Works. I am a sports brand designer in Atlanta, Georgia. This podcast is for front office personnel who want to harness the power of sports branding to win more fans. Small colleges in the United States often serve a particular niche and as such have to work smarter and harder to market themselves. This includes the athletics program, which has to overcome challenges related to that niche in order to grow and be successful. One of the ways these athletics programs can overcome these challenges, of course, is with a strong athletics brand. Agnes Scott College Athletics Director Allison Kern joins the show to talk about the nuts and bolts of her athletics brand building efforts and the role that brand has played in her program's growth. Enjoy the show. It's my pleasure to welcome Allison Kern, the Athletics Director at Agnes Scott College, to the podcast today. Allison, thank you so much for being here. John, thanks for having me. So, Allison, can you give us a little bit of background about Agnes Scott College? Uh, Agnes Scott is a very, has a very specific niche, and it has a very specific set of challenges with that niche. Can you tell us a little bit about Agnes Scott as an institution? Um, so Agnes Scott College is a single gender women's college in the South. We were one of the first women's colleges in the South. And I think we're an institution that as many institutions started in the early 1900s, we've seen a lot of change over varying waves, um, over the years, but being a small liberal arts college in Atlanta, Georgia, we certainly play to, um, ambitious women and the ways that that has specifically change for us, I'll say this is a good opportunity, as our new president likes to say, to put in the plug for the quote-unquote new Agnes Scott. Um, Agnes Scott is currently undergoing a big transition into what we call our summit program, and summit is in its fifth year, and it's essentially our approach to a liberal arts education. Agnes Scott is summit, summit is Agnes Scott, and that involves a real focus on um, global leadership and the women that attend our institution becoming citizens of the world. It includes a travel abroad part for all of our first-year students, um, a real focus on leadership development over the course of a lot of different spectrums, digital portfolios, and a lot of really um, exciting curriculum that has kind of taken us into this next phase of what I would consider higher education and where liberal arts colleges are in the country and something that we're pretty excited about. Very good. And so within the context of that liberal arts institution, school with such a long history, what mm-hmm. has been the role of athletics on campus? Um, well, I think it's it's an interesting thing to speak to. I certainly, as with most institutions, institutions and I would guess with women's colleges, uh, the history of our institution looks a lot different pre and post Title IX. So I have had the privilege of actually seeing some very in-depth footage of some extremely competitive synchronized swimming programs from the 40s and 50s uh, (laughs) diving into our pool in a way that we actually, as I have kind of moved into this role, 
and having a lot of opportunities to speak with alums and individuals connected to some of those early 40s and 50s classes, they are really quick to talk about their athletic experiences because especially at that time, one, athletics for women and especially at women's colleges was looked at as part of that growing liberal arts full education where, you know, mind, body, spirit, they were fairly actively engaged, even if it didn't look like competitive sports. And so we have a lot of alums, especially from the classes in the 50s, who speak to being really involved with golf, being really involved with field hockey. And our synchronized swimming program apparently was nationally ranked and competed at that level against a lot of different colleges across the country at a time when women's synchronized swimming was um, a really important engagement for women in higher education. So I think that that's really important context because a lot of times, especially at smaller colleges, when we're looking at telling our story and what an athletic experience looks like, being mindful to be really inclusive of the fact that that experience hasn't looked the same for everybody, but it doesn't make it any less valuable or any less important. And it doesn't mean that for us women or Scotties who have had a different experience aren't equally as invested in what our current student athletes experience is. Um, in kind of our transition and my transition in this period in the last couple of years, we're really looking to establish a consistent role of what athletics looks like on the campus. And I think um, that certainly speaks to, I'm sure the conversation we're going to have today about growing branding, but solidifying athletics as a presence on a small liberal arts campus is something that I think um, is really important for the growth of our institution. So with that as an imperative, with the idea of using athletics as a way of, of growing the institution, of all the different ways that you could go about growing your athletics program, mm -hmm. why, why, use, why use a brand as a strategic tool to grow that program? Well, I think a brand is, as you said, there are a lot of ways to grow programs. And I think that this isn't uh, exclusive to athletics, but a brand is the vehicle for growth. So it's not the means to the end. It's the opportunities that we create for ourselves to grow in all of those other ways. Um, for us, and I think probably for most athletic brands, a consistent brand and a real brand and something that's identifiable is an opportunity to create value. And so a brand equals that value and that value then creates access for us in all of those other opportunities for growth. Um, having an identifiable brand, especially on our campus, when we talk about the ways that athletics can be leveraged by an institution and we're unique in that, especially on smaller campuses, but I think whether you're Georgia or Alabama or the University of Chicago or Agnes Scott, the ways in which a valuable brand is a real driver to other initiatives can look the same. And so for us, having a real solid and consistent brand enables us to hold a value to that brand that creates opportunities for us to be a driver for other initiatives on campus. I'll say for us, we're growing enrollment. Our initiatives are by 2021 to have a class or to have a, an undergraduate enrollment of 1,100 students, which is certainly a jump from a little over 800, which is what it was when I got here two years ago. And as 
institutionally we grow, it certainly speaks to the ways that we're looking at different populations of students. Generation Z is coming up, their expectations for what their higher education experience in and outside of athletics looks like is very different. And so for athletics to be a driver for wellness programming or facilities renovations or building a culture on campus that engages alums and non-student athletes in new and exciting ways, that only works with right a brand that holds value on its own. So in the context of athletics program growth and institutional growth, can you talk about some some real specific kind of boots on the ground examples of how you're using that athletics brand to generate revenue to drive that growth through either enrollment, development, sponsorship, whatever the means may be? Sure. Um, it's all of them. So the ways in which we are really interdependent with other entities on campus in terms of creating platforms is also a little bit unique to athletics. Um, we're interdependent with enrollment, not just in the ways where, you know, I, I think a lot of small colleges are really using athletics as an enrollment driver, but I think what we overlook and something that we're trying to build here is it's not just about how many athletes come through the door or what our roster numbers look like, but right, the value of an athletics brand that's hosting tailgates on Saturdays or home events at the same time that admissions is hosting their visit days and creating opportunities to engage non-student athletes and families in ways that build affinity for an institution, right? There are, you know, I'm from the Midwest and football Saturdays is a real thing, but there are a whole lot of people that are throwing up the OHIO across the country who never put on a uniform for Ohio State because building that culture of affinity for an institution really does encapsulate a culture of athletics. And so for us, I think that that's been a real opportunity and something we've been very intentional about this past year, kind of starting to use a little bit of that brand value that we've created to show other divisions how they can leverage that brand for their own objectives. I think the same thing, um, frankly, from just a fiscal standpoint, one thing that's been real for us is in transitioning and how we communicate that brand, our contract with Under Armour and the ways that we've been very intentional about what we put our logos on has created a value around our merchandising that didn't exist previously. And the consistency of the availability of that merchandise means people all around campus want a cool looking t-shirt or they want that coffee mug that everybody's carrying or they want that umbrella. And so from a revenue generation, end of day dollars, that's been something that's been really valuable for us as a department and our expectations for revenue generation, but also again, building that affinity on campus for, you know, a lot of people who maybe hadn't been to a basketball game before this year or didn't know who works in athletics or, you know, we're all the way across the street on our campus. And so ways that we build that affinity. And even though it has that athletics logo, everybody's identified as a Scotty, whatever that looks like. So let's talk a, a bit about, about the use of one's, one's logo and indeed one's entire brand identity, the logo, the colors, the typography. How would you describe kind of overall the role of that brand identity in communicating your brand? Yeah, it's, it's been critical for us. And I think part of that has been we're in a little bit of a unique situation. So currently, and I'll say that we're looking to transition this with a new president, um, our we lack some consistency within our department in our 
compliance with the branding guides of our institution. And part of that has to do with the fact that the branding guides of our institution were a little bit difficult. And they're finding that I think institutionally, we're looking to transition a little bit in terms of just even just colors. And so we have kind of a the color that our institution had is not the same now as what we call the athletics purple. And I'm trying to get people to stop calling it the athletics purple, but, but right now we're calling it the athletics purple because it was virtually impossible for us to have gear, have uniforms, have paint, have a floor color that looks the same. And so when we kind of came in and did a full brand identity overhaul, one of the first things that was critically important was nailing down that purple and it seems like a small thing, but when you talk about the, the real value of brands is identification, right? Everybody knows what that Coca-Cola bottle looks like. Everybody knows, you know, what that Auburn Tiger orange is or whatever it is. And so that consistency of identification across platforms was really important to us. Does it look the same on a t-shirt as on a flyer, as on our website, as on an Instagram post, as um, on our basketball court? And so that, and then subsequently nailing down a couple of very intentional markers around what our logos are and making them consistent. We, we just, we had a situation where because we didn't have the assets, we didn't, we weren't able to give people the tools to be successful. So we had coaches going off, putting anything on a t-shirt or writing Agnes Scott soccer or, you know, using any kind of purple or any kind of merchandise. And I think the most important thing about not just building a brand, but being able to generate value with a brand is that consistent identity. Not only were we lacking kind of a consistent identity, but when we talk about the ways that institutionally we were trying to grow a footprint and the opportunities for athletics to do that, you know, we have coaches going out to recruiting events. And when my basketball coach is at the Nike tournament of champions in Chicago, and he's walking through a convention center with 50 courts, you know, can people look at that polo and is that a consistent identifying mark? And is it the same as when our soccer coach goes out to a high school game in Florida or when a recruit in California is receiving our recruiting materials and really that repetition and the integrity around it looks the same, smells the same, feels the same all the time, and the opportunities for all of our sports, all of our entities within athletics to be identified consistently in the same way has been really critical to being able to consistently communicate the brand, but that consistency is what, in my opinion, creates that value. So with all of these efforts underway, both on the strategic part and in the execution, what would you say has been some of your biggest successes in your brand building efforts? Um, I think (laughs) that probably remains to be seen a little bit. Um, Certainly one for us, we hosted last year, the first ever um, large scale fundraising event for athletics, but also the first golf tournament in the history of our institution, the Agnes Scott golf classic. Um, And I think that, you know, to some conversations that you and I have had, it really speaks to, and our goals for the golf classic really spoke to kind of that bigger communication of value and experience and consistency around the brand where, right, we all need to fundraise and we all need to generate revenue. 
but having that event was so much more about reaching a lot of new stakeholders. And if this is the first time anybody experiences Agnes Scott athletics, or this is the first time that anybody experiences Agnes Scott, what does that experience look like for them? And so instead of just bottom line, how many single dollars can we raise? And we did raise a little bit of money in the first year, but what does everyone's experience with Agnes Scott athletics look like? And that has really been, I think the first year was successful. It was a little bit short in terms of timelines. So about this time last year was when we were first soliciting sponsorships. Um, we secured a course at the beginning of February and the golf classic was held the second week of April. So it was a pretty quick turnaround, but I think the domino effect of since then, I've you know been really fortunate to get in front of some audiences that I think not a lot of people in my position have the privilege of getting an audience with our board of trustees. Last week, I was fortunate to speak to our board of visitors, really being able to put our brand in front of people. And that's a direct result of individuals that attended that first golf classic and walked away with a real impression of that brand. Um, I think the other part of that has just been right, growing our footprint on campus. And it's, it's great to talk about, you know, what a good brand can do and how we can leverage it or the value it creates, but really being able to see it in action in terms of the spaces where people talk about athletics, who now sees athletics as something of value that can be used to grow an institutional footprint. Um, the ways that we can be better partners with other campus constituencies, the conversations and who's having those conversations, I think has been probably the most immediate positive result of a lot of, a lot of this consistent branding. So for other small colleges then <clears throat> that might also have a challenging niche, what would you recommend to them as being maybe the top three things that they should know and could maybe act on right now for building their own transformational athletics brand? Ooh, transformational setting that bar a little bit high. But what I, would say, <laughs> um, I think, I think it's hard. Um, and I say that because part of the integrity of any brand in my opinion, and certainly in my experience, is definitely preserving the integrity of that brand. And that means that somebody has to be the person that says no a lot. We, it's something that I certainly found in my position coming in. We're a very open campus. People have, we have people who are really invested in what we do and great partners and really great people, but we were fairly loose with um, you know, if anybody wants a t-shirt, if somebody wants to use this Scotty head, if, you know, people want to come into whatever space. And so really putting a, you know, creating those assets, that color, those logos, owning a font was really critical to us consistently showing up in ways that people could identify athletics. But the flip side of that is, telling people, no, you can't have this gear. No, you can't use this logo. No, we can't just put this purple up anywhere. No, you can't have the mascot for 
some random 5k in a city. No, I mean, I, I say no a lot. And that's been, it's not something that I necessarily relish in terms of kind of being that hammer, but I think it is, it has been critically important to kind of curbing the perception of what that brand is and how it can be used and what it stands for. Because if people can't immediately write, if my coaches can't give the elevator speech, if people can't see the font or the logos and immediately identify Agnes Scott athletics or leave a legacy or what that looks like, then our brand isn't carrying any value. And then all of, you know, all of the other ways in which we can bring value to our campus is kind of lost a little bit. So I'd say first and foremost, definitely know that it's a challenge and the challenge is preserving the integrity of that brand. Um, I think the second part of that is really being able to communicate that value. I think something that I learned in this position for sure, and especially when I was still just a coach is everybody's so used to giving the, you know, the recruiting pitch. And we all know, right. I was a division three college athlete. Uh, my career has been in division three athletics. It is not hard for me to feel why I think athletics is important or why I value a liberal arts education or why I think that this is such a critically important experience for college athletes, but it's very different to then be able to communicate that value on a bigger scale but us being able to communicate why that is valuable institutionally for people who aren't athletic stakeholders and for people who aren't actually our student athletes and the ripple effect that that can have has also been a, a critical part of our success moving forward and starting to feel like we are a real campus partner and that we can really bring some value to the rest of our institution. I'm not sure if that was actually the answer. <laughs> no, that's very good. I mean, the, the idea of being, uh, I mean, there, there, there are some times where you just have to be, to use your phrase, the hammer, because the consistency and the integrity of that mark is so, or of the brand is so important to maintain. It's, it's very, it's very easy to let it get out of control when everybody has an idea, but, but maintaining the, 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 intentional consistency and integrity is one of the really important parts of just managing and owning the value of that brand. Is that correct? No doubt. And I mean, this is, you are certainly the professional in this area and that's something you can, I'm sure speak to more than I can, but I'll say part of that too has really just been the, the buy-in factor. Right. And so our stat, like we've, we've talked a lot about branding with our staff, um, so that they can kind of relay that message and they know, you know, that you have to go through such and such a person to get clearance to do this. And if we want to make t-shirts for our team, here are the acceptable logos, or we want to put out this flyer and what do we think about that? But also all of those things in terms of, I don't know, general compliance have been really important, but what's been extremely helpful for us is our coaches and our staff being out on campus and being able to relay that message and really understand for themselves why it's important when, you know, somebody's in IT or finance and they're just doing something else and someone offhandedly mentions, oh, hey, I saw whatever it is. And really being able, I think the consistency of that message 
while yes, they can all blame me and say, well, coach Kern says no. Um, and they can pass the buck on that. That's fine. But I think really having the buy-in from our staff to be able to say, to, to understand the whys and understand and for them to be able to communicate that message and, and feel the importance of that brand has been a really important part of that for us and disseminating that information, but telling that story too. I mean, that's what it is, right? Oh yeah. The, the, the athletics brand is not just something that comes out of the athletics facility, but I think you're describing what, what is a best case scenario in which that athletics brand is embraced by other people on campus and it becomes integrated into the culture of the campus in a way that everybody can support it and get behind it. And that, that helps that growth if internally it is adopted and that helps the external uh, presentation that much to be that much more effective. That is that accurate? For sure. And I think, you know, we're certainly in the infancy, infancy stages of that. I mean, I wouldn't say that, you know, mission accomplished. I think it's, one, it's never done, right? It's always, it's always work. But I think, you know, early, we're definitely in the early stages of that. But I mean, to your question about the top three things, I mean, the brand is the story. And, you know, coaches know this when they talk about recruiting or when they sell the vision to their teams. And athletic directors know this when they talk about the vision of their departments. But the, the, the brand is the story. And so, for us understanding what that story is and then being able to empower our people to tell that story is, is an important part of that. I think. How has the, the, the embrace of that story by the coaches and communicating that story consistently, what kind of a result has that had on your recruiting efforts? Well, um, all of our coaches are new. So I'll say all of our head coaches are, um, in their first two years, with the exception of one who is starting her fourth year, they are all but one first-time head coaches. And that was, I think, important for us, um, being a small department and kind of being in this shift as, as we hired, really, I, I think we have a staff of people who, part of the reason that they're here is that they are really excited about building something. And that was, you know, everybody's got their culture fits or whatever that looks like. But for us and for, and I'll say that just about all of our staff is new in the last two to three years with the exception of two, I believe. Um, and myself included, I've only, I've been here less than three years. And I think finding individuals who were, you know, excited about putting in the work, but really excited about being on the ground floor of building something has been, has been an important part of that for us. And so we, for the first time this past year, um, met all of our recruiting goals for our team sports, which has never happened before, which is really exciting. And I think a lot of that was, right, helping our coaches with those recruiting messages and being better storytellers. But frankly, just having the assets to seem a little more legitimate, uh, whether that be the gear that our coaches show up in, whether that be, you know, we spent a lot of time last year putting together brochures and folders and one in recruiting materials. Um, and our coaches just being in a position to have the tools to consistently deliver a message in a way that creates legitimacy around their programs has been, I think, I mean, 
and time will tell and the data will bear out over the course of the next couple of years and how we measure those things. But I think it, it's been critically important in a way that I would attribute a lot of that to the success that we had this past year with our recruiting classes. Allison, that is a lot of exciting stuff coming out of Agnes Scott College. The idea that the athletics brand has been uh, such an important tool for the growth of the uh, program is really a, a, a testament to its success. Um, I want to thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, certainly best of luck through the end of the school year, and uh, we will look forward to catch up, catching up with you again soon. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Um, if any of your listeners are in the Atlanta area and they're interested in golf, we are still holding that second golf classic in April, and they can check out our website and be a part of that as well. So I'll, I'll go ahead and put that plug in. Very good. Plug away. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> Thanks again, Allison. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, John. My thanks again to Allison for her time and willingness to share her brand building experience. I hope you found it helpful and that you'll be able to use it in your efforts to win more fans. You can get in touch with Allison through social media on both Twitter and LinkedIn. Her information is posted in the show notes for this episode found at the podcast page of my website, HartwellStudioWorks.com. If you are listening in iTunes, please subscribe. Leave a five-star review, and, you know, it never hurts. Write a review. Help other sports professionals find this podcast. If you would like to talk some sports branding, you can reach out to me by email at john at hartwellstudioworks.com. You can also find me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, using the handle Hartwell Studio. You can check out my entire portfolio of sports branding work at hartwellstudioworks.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.